1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier. This week, we're going to talk about why we plan to observe a complaint free month. And we are talking to superstar Matt Damon and water expert Gary White about their new book, The Worth of Water. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am back in my little home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I often complain to you, but I almost never (laughs) complain about you.
0: Aww. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretchen, this uh, week's Try This at Home is going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah, for sure. But we're up for it. We're going to do it. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: i just celebrating the 16th anniversary of my blog. We've talked about why it's useful to celebrate personal anniversaries, remind ourselves of what we've done, and get a little ta-da energy. So I just hit my 16th anniversary. I could never have imagined 16 years ago where all this would lead. If you would like to get in your email all the updates from the blog, because I still post a bunch of stuff in my blog... You can sign up for that at GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter to get the blog post by email. That's also where you can sign up if you want to get the daily Moment of Happiness quotations. If you want to get my weekly Five Things Making Me Happier newsletter, all this is free, of course. So go to GretchenRubin.com slash newsletter. If you want to sign up for that, I'll post a link in the show notes. Gretch, I still
0: remember sitting in mom and dad's living room and you telling me about this blog you were starting. So it's really amazing.
1: I know. So, so close and yet so far. The days are long, but the years are short. Yes. And so this week, our tried this at home suggestion is to observe a complaint free month. Yes. And we got this
0: idea from the writer Catherine Schultz. In episode 369, we interviewed her about her memoir, Lost and Found. And for her Try This at Home, she suggested giving up complaining for Lent, which is what she had done. And we were so taken with this idea, we decided we need to talk about it again and do it for the month of April.
1: Okay. So, Elizabeth, we're gearing up for this. It's going to be a big challenge. Maybe as big as our challenge of wearing clothes every day for us. Uh, month. Even more. <laughs> even
0: more difficult.
1: Even more difficult. So I think that we face two challenges. One is, what do we mean by complaining? And the second of is right. how do we keep it uppermost in our minds? Because this is the kind of yes. thing where you just forget in the moment. Okay, so first of all, what do we mean by complaining? What is a complaint?
0: I was thinking about this, like, complaint. For me, in L.A., very typical would be complaining about traffic. Oh, my God, traffic was so bad. L.A. is so hard, et cetera, et cetera. That would be a
1: complaint. But I think we need to distinguish between a criticism and a complaint, a legitimate criticism, Mm. because, like, one of the things you say about your job as a TV showrunner is to receive criticism and to give criticism a lot of times. And so constructive criticism that's context-appropriate and moving something forward is not the same thing as complaining. I always think of venting. Am I just letting off steam and saying, nobody around here does anything. I don't understand, like, why a simple blah, blah, blah. Or doesn't it just drive you bonkers when that, to me, is complaining?
0: Yes. Well, and Sarah and I, being a writing team, constantly on the phone with each other, we have so much opportunity to complain yeah. <laughs> about anything. I mean, personal, professional, the yeah. world, I mean, everything. So that, I'm going to have to bring Sarah, my yes. co-host of Happier in Hollywood, into this with me because right. we're such a complaining team.
1: Right. Right. Oh, well, that'll be interesting because does she complain less? Does she complain more? Does she complain about the fact that you're not complaining? And so it kind of breaks because I do think it can be a way to bond with people. I mean, It is. It it can be negative, but it also can be something where it can be funny and people, they feel like it's us against them or we all have this in common. We all have the traffic in common. We can all swap stories. It's kind of like the weather. It just gives you sort of a ground to start on, but it's a negative. It's negative.
0: Yeah, and I do think, again, Gretch, the distinction, it's not just like a, a, you know, criticism versus complaint, a legitimate criticism, but it's also emotion versus complaint. I mean, you can say, I feel sad or lonely or something hurt my feelings, but I think it's these just endless complaining about just everything and everyone that we want to avoid.
1: Yes. And so here's the second challenge, which is okay. Once we now we know what we're trying to not do, which is to complain. How are we going to keep it uppermost in our minds? Because this, I do feel like it's just so natural. I feel like complaints come flying out of my mouth, breathing. I mean, I would be if we we could. We should try to count (laughs) how many times we have the urge to complain in a day. Because you read these statistics, like people lie three hundred times a day, or whatever. I just made that up, but you see these statistics, and they're really staggering. And I wonder. If we could try to keep count. Yeah, you need that on that your Apple Watch.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Do they have a the complaint thing on your Com- Apple Watch? Complaint you know, meter. It wouldn't surprise
1: me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I need to write, don't complain on like 10 Post-it notes and have them like everywhere on my yeah. computer, on the wall, yeah. on my treadmill yeah. desk, by the coffee maker. Yeah. Thank goodness April's only 30 days. Yeah, one day short. So it's one less day that we have to do this for.
1: I'm always in the Happier app, like doing this or that, and I'm going to put it in there. And there's a couple different tools that I can use for that. And so I think that's really good because, again, that keeps it uppermost in my mind, just the way you can put a sign on your bathroom mirror because I'm always looking in the Happier app. It's a way to kind of just keep surfacing the idea Because it has to be like really top of mind or else I think you you just don't think of it until hours later when it finally occurs to you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Now, Gretchen, I wonder, do you think this will make us happier? Probably.
1: This is interesting, right? I think it's going to be really interesting to see because it might make us feel frustrated and discouraged because we probably won't do a great job. We'll probably stumble a lot. And so sometimes if you don't try, you don't fail. And if you don't try to resist a temptation, you're, you don't even realize that you're fighting a temptation. And so in a way, I could think that this could kind of make us feel less happy. On the other hand, it could add to our happiness by redirecting our attention towards happier things, changing the atmosphere of our relationships and our conversations. I think it's going to yes. be a really, I actually am really curious
2: to know. Yes, I
1: am too. Well, it might make other people happier. You know, it might make other Definitely. people happier if we're, we're not carping as much.
0: Yes. Well, that reminds me, Gretchen, because we've done the uh, Try This at Home to not nag. Yes. Now, not nagging is different from not complaining. Yes. So I guess we still can nag because nagging is not complaining. We can still say it's time to get ready. Okay, five
1: minutes. That's not right. complaining. <laughs> but there is a complaining way to nag. Which yes. is, I've asked you once, so I don't want to have to yes. say it again. Can't yes, you? Yes. yes. So I the think spirit. we're going to see there's nuance. Yes. Now yes. here's the thing, Elizabeth. I think okay, we're going to have a complaint-free month, but I think I think we should try to think about May. Maybe we'll do a praiseful month where all we do is oh. go out of our way to praise people. That's and interesting. articulate gratitude and praise and admiration and like really force ourselves to articulate that. So I think that will be That more feels fun. easier, I must that say. That feels easier and far more fun, but I think Complaint Free will set us up for that. So let us know if you do try this at home and how giving up complaining for a month strikes you. Is this something that you want to undertake? Join us for April. Let us know. Have you ever done it in the past? Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast.gretchenreuben.com. Or as always, go to the show notes. This is episode 371. So you can find the show notes at happiercast.com slash 371.
0: Coming up, we have a photo hack. But first, this break. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef crafted, dietitian approved recipes each week. With options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly, the recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it, with warm carrot salad, And it was so good, and it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat.
1: Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. My
0: closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The Game Changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide-leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school.
1: They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince dot com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and three hundred and sixty five day returns. That's q u i n c e dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and three hundred and sixty five day returns. Quince dot com slash Gretchen. And now for this week's happiness hack, something that people often mention as a happiness stumbling block is is photographs, how to deal with photographs, how to make the most of photographs. And our listener Betsy had a great idea.
0: Yes. She says in episode 367, Gretchen mentioned creating actual photo albums and handwriting captions. This idea so resonated with me and got me so excited. I have so many great photos stuck on my phone and have to scroll through them to find them. I so love the idea of creating albums. While I have lots of ideas for various albums, the most important is an album of my kids. I asked them each to send me six of their favorite photos, primarily of them, but could include others or activities. This way, I knew they would send pictures they liked, but also I could learn something about them. They immediately responded with some questions, but after years of being photo-resistant, embraced the idea." I cannot wait to start creating these albums to have physical access to some of the most fun, important, and meaningful times and people in my life. Thanks
1: for this great idea. The idea that really caught my attention was this idea of asking other people to submit their entries. Because I think this is really fun. Because when I make photo albums, I'm taking them off my collection, and I will say to people, oh, send me your photos from this vacation or whatever. And I try to create a complete set but I think it's a fantastic idea, maybe for a minor family anniversary or something, and everybody submitted their own choices because they'd have different photographs yes. and they'd also have different ideas about what they valued or what they wanted to memorialize.
0: Yes. And that way, you know, you'll have pictures, hopefully, like of Betsy, because in Betsy's pictures, she's probably not in any of them. Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly. And like she says, maybe people are more cooperative if they have chosen the photographs themselves. Yes, yes, yes. So great hack. Yes, we always need more photo hacks. And now it's time for an interview. We are doing a double interview this time. And oh my goodness, we are talking to Matt Damon. Yes, Matt Damon and Gary White. Matt Damon is the
0: Oscar winning actor, producer, and screenwriter known for starring roles in movies like Born Identity, Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, The Talented Mr. Ripley, The
1: Martian, The Departed, Ocean's Eleven, Contagion, and Stillwater. Gary White is the internationally recognized water and sanitation leader and expert who has received numerous awards and honors. For instance, he made Times' list of the 100 most influential people. Together, these two have co-founded two
0: nonprofits, Water.org and Water Equity, to address the global water and sanitation crisis. They've just written a new book, The Worth of Water, our story of chasing solutions to the world's greatest challenge.
1: Hello. Welcome.
0: Thank
2: you. Hello.
1: Hey, it's great to talk to you. Now, on this podcast, we talk about how to create happier lives. And one way to be happier is to put your values into action in the world. And that is what your terrific book is about. Um, And people who tackle big problems often talk about experiencing a moment of obligation when they realize, you know, here is a big problem and I need to be the one to tackle it. And each of you in the book talk about your moment of obligation with water, uh, wash, right? Uh, water, sanitation, hygiene. I love that, uh, that abbreviation. Um, so maybe, could each of you explain your moment of obligation?
2: Well, I can go first if that's all right. Uh, my, I think my moment of obligation was being confronted with the water and sanitation crisis for the first time when I was actually an undergraduate in university. And then uh, also knowing that I was drawn toward engineering. And to me, that speaks to the moment of obligation, right? Here is a massive problem uh, that the world's facing. And here is, you know, I'm being formed into an engineer, ostensibly the type of person who could address this. That obviously spoke to a moment of obligation and what I would call, you know, finding. The intersection, maybe flipping it the other way beyond obligation, but it's a pursuit of of seeking the intersection between the world's greatest need and your greatest passion. And to me, that was the moment that uh, really determined the course of my life.
1: Well, Gary, we have to point out you're from Kansas City, Missouri, and we're from Kansas City, yes. Missouri. So we wow. got a big kick out of reading about Kansas City in Good. your book. <laughs> go KC. Yes. Yeah, go KC. Now, wow. how, how about you, Matt? Well, how did you get connected to the issue of water?
3: Well, I was studying about all these different issues of, of extreme poverty and kind of where and how they intersect. And I just was, was floored by the extent to which water underpinned everything. And um, and I, the the first kind of personal experience that I had with it was going on a water collection with a girl and, and striking up a conversation with her and really connecting to her around her hopes and dreams of like what she was going to do in the future. She was, we were in rural Zambia and she was, she was, she had these dreams of becoming a nurse and moving to the big city of Lusaka. And I just remembered that I knew that feeling of being 14 and going like, I'm going to move to the big city of New York. I'm going to be an actor. And the way Ben and I kind of pursued that and, that so much of that age is about all of the potential that your life might be and all of these dreams. And, and it wasn't until I drove away that I realized, you know, had, had it not been for somebody putting a well near her, her, where she lived, this kid wouldn't even have been in school, she would have been collecting water and spending her entire day doing that, as so many women and girls do. I mean, it's an it's a it's an issue that disproportionately affects women and, girls and there are millions of girls who just aren't in school because they're 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 looking for water and spending millions of hours every day that they that they could be you know learning something and 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 planning for for kind of a great life and all their potential and they're not they're just they're just trying to find water so that their family can survive to the next day and and so that was a real kind of epiphany for me and and um, you know because there 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 are two sides to it there's the there's the the meaningless and just Tragic death that occurs, right? You're, we're going to lose three hundred thousand children this year under the mm-hmm. age of five oh, to things that are totally preventable, um, you know, because they lack access to water and sanitation. Um, so that's just, you know, brutal and unconscionable. And on the other side, you have all of the opportunity costs. Like, what do we lose by the, w- these these girls not being able to live to their potential? Um, you know, and mm-hmm. so and so that that just kind of. That This was about 15 years ago, and that's really what kind of lit a fire under me.
0: Hmm. And then you each had your moment of deciding to focus on this, and then you had a meet-cute, um, as you call it in the book. <laughs> Can you describe that moment?
3: Yeah, it didn't feel like it was out of a romantic comedy,
2: actually. <laughs> it, was, it was probably more awkward than that, you know? The-
1: Kind of a, a corporate training video, totally, more
2: totally. like. Totally, yeah. totally. It did make a quotable. You're quoting it, so that, it works. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
3: we met for the first time in person at the Clinton Global Initiative, um, which was, and 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 President Clinton's been really helpful for us th- th- over the years. Um, he looked at our model ten years ago, before we'd even reached a million people, and he really got it. And he said, "This this is going to work, you guys. This is really." You know, you just keep running the numbers up. Keep, you know, it's going to become undeniable. Um, and uh, because it was becoming clear that these loans were paying back at 99 and above, you know, these loans we were get, that we were facilitating to the um, to some of the poorest women on on the planet, and they were and they were paying them back, you know, at an alarmingly high rate, and mm-hmm. that just kind of proved. Our philosophy, which was just that—that—that that, that, you know, it was about empowerment, and it was about just just nudging a market towards these these borrowers, and then getting out of their way and letting them solve their own problem and take control of their own lives. And so, um, so, so yeah. So, th- but but this was all just a theory when when I met Gary um, in 2000. Was it eight? 2000, 2008. Yeah, yeah, 2008. When we when we first met in person at, at CGI.
1: Well, you write about how you really, um, your organizations are aimed at building and scaling market-based financial solutions. So in very simple language, explain why you think it's important to take that approach rather than other approaches that pe- that people have used.
2: Well, I, I can start, but I think it's, it's recognizing that while philanthropy is extremely powerful and we need philanthropy to kind of fuel our work to get this done it also has its limitations and when you look at this as a one trillion dollar problem to get water and sanitation Mm -hmm. to everyone in the world you have to look for uh other means to kind of you know lean into the problem and so what we discovered is that We can use philanthropy to go out and kind of create these models around water credit to get lenders to come to the table to, you know, we help use that money to take on risk so that they will make these loans to, you know, poor households. And the reason it can work is because women are already paying huge amounts of money and time to get water every day. Sometimes... Going for hours every day to wait in line for water at a, at a public uh, water point, to walk to a water hole, or they're paying cash. Sometimes they're paying up to twenty-five percent of their income to buy water from these vendors who come around and sell it, you know, off the back of a truck. And so what we discovered is that that women would actually go out and take out loans from loan sharks at one hundred and twenty-five percent interest sometimes, so they could get a water connection. Mm-hmm or build a toilet, and for us it's like, okay, maybe this problem contains its own solution. What if we could nudge the microfinance market towards water and sanitation, which they wouldn't touch because they saw it as too risky, we could de-risk it for them, they mm-hmm. would make these loans, and then the women would buy their time back if they were walking for water and go work at a paying job. Girls who were walking would go to school. You know, the money that they were spending on the water supply, could then be redirected to other things. So we experimented and it worked. You know, you fast forward, 43.7 million people now have got access to water through water Mm -hmm. credit loans. And we've been able to bring more than $3.5 billion of additional loan capital into this for these loans. And so that's what we talk about as being social entrepreneurs and trying to find new solutions uh, to old problems vexing problems like this one of water and sanitation
1: well one of the things that was that i found interesting in the book is you talked about like initially no one was interested in water and then and then it sort of became a cause that many people were interested in and that was very exciting but then the world kind of moved on in a way that you hadn't expected and that now you're thinking about how to use humor and how to, how to recapture people's attention. Um, what has that been like to sort of experience that that shift over time? Um, which maybe you don't think about it unless you're caught up in it.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's been a real subject of conversation for us, a constant one for, for years now, because it's an issue that uh, compared to others is less relatable. If you're somebody who has access yeah. to water Right, like the way I grew up. I there was always a kitchen sink, there was a bathroom sink, there was there was accessible water in abundance all around me. Um and and so unlike other issues like AIDS or cancer or other things that people get involved with where where we have a family member who uh you know was ill, or we or you know what I mean? We can we there's a one-to-one relation that mm. that and so that's kind of the first hurdle that we have to clear around water and sanitation is just trying to help bring people along to understand that when this is a problem for you as it is for you know in the case of safe clean water it's 770 million people um that's the first thing they're thinking about in 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 the in the morning it's one of the reasons actually we call the book the the worth of water that's based on there's a benjamin franklin quote where he says you know uh when the well runs dry we know the worth of water and and So the people that we're writing about, the real the the people who are at the center of this story um, are those people who really understand the worth of water and they have something to teach us about it.
1: Yeah. Well, there's some staggering statistics. Sixty six gallons of water is for a family of four for how long? Like a week, a day? I mean, it was it it was it you don't realize how much water you need yeah. if you don't if you don't have to think about oh, it
2: oh yeah per, per capita it's more than 100 gallons a day uh, that wow. uh, think that, that we we use when you look at all of all of the things that we do in our household and, and products that we purchase so it's staggering
0: And you both write a lot about failures, things that didn't work as you were on this water journey. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's inspiring to hear that it just doesn't, you know, (laughs) the success doesn't just come right away.
3: Oh, it sure doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some of ours that have failed. And it's always a constant. It's very humbling. But but. I think, you know, one of the things we want to encourage people to do in the book is, is not to have that be a barrier to entry for them. Right. It's you're going to make mistakes. It's all about iterating and getting better at what you're doing and and uh, and learning and, and, and evolving. And so. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely we were definitely humbled at times. But um, but uh, what, what, what seems to have, you know, what's happened now is just that it, it's 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 really by and large a success Absolutely. story. Um, but no, we definitely fell on our face getting there.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, it, it is a challenge. It, you know, some of these failures uh, that have happened across the board with lots of NGOs is is doing these projects for people instead of with them. Yes. Right? Yeah, right. And and that's the the whole concept of of water credit. It's empowering women to make the decision for water and sanitation that's best for them. It might be a public tap. It might be a certain type of toilet that they want. It might be a water filter. It might be a water tank. And so what we're doing is really trying to unleash their potential with this slight nudge of a loan so that they can go and get what's best for them. And once you invest in it, instead of being a gift, you're gonna maintain it. You are going to take care of it. You wouldn't take out that loan unless you really valued what what you're going to get for your family, Uh, and the impact. And to us, the story of our in our, you know, in our book is the story of getting these insights for our innovation from the very people that Mm -hmm. we are trying to to reach out to. I mean, you know, talking to that woman in India who went to the loan shark and paid 125% interest for a loan. That's an insight that then sparks our journey so that we can get past the failures and find success in the the wisdom that they actually bring to us.
1: Well, in the worth of water, you make such a compelling case for why water really is at the heart of so many things of climate change, education, equality, um and and you really make yeah. a case for why your approach is really proven. you've You've tried, you failed, you tried again. So yeah. if an if individual wants to get involved, they want to help with the issue of water. what what do you say? where what's a good place to start?
3: Well, they can buy the book if they want uh, all of mm-hmm. all of our <laughs> proceeds to uh, go to uh, yes. right back into uh, water.org um yeah. you know that's w- one of the reasons we wrote it was uh, it was a it was a good way to to uh to fundraise but what was more important was getting the word out If we can get that word out so mm-hmm. if you if you if you buy the book and you're interested bring it to your book club you know or mm-hmm. give it to a friend right and you know be a be an ambassador for, for you know it
1: really is a fun read it's funny to say that about a yes. policy question about yeah. something that's like threatening humanity but it was it really yeah. is i could imagine reading it in a book club but it really is yeah
3: we, we wanted it to feel like like you like you were in the back of a jeep with us in yes. india and we were just yeah. having mm-hmm. kind of a freewheeling conversation
1: yes mm-hmm. that's a, you. it really yeah. captured that um well i gave this morning so you got you got ah, uh, you, you job, know you got you. one, one conference. Yes. um so the last thing <laughs> before we let you go uh we always ask our guests do you have one try this at home suggestion for people something concrete realistic they can do in their own life to be happier healthier more productive or more creative do you what would you suggest
3: well i i far be it for me to give advice to anybody I'm, i, I <laughs>
1: <laughs> go for it
3: <laughs> but, but here's one somebody gave me recently that i that i like uh, and it's very simple if you're if you're in the shower in the morning mm. Turn the water cold. Ah. Try just for like a minute. And it actually, it, it, it wakes you up. It's better than a cup of coffee. And yeah, it's it's hard, but <laughs> if you just do it, it it, get, it helps kind of increase blood flow. It's a good wake up and it's, it's actually a good way to set your day in motion. And it'll make you take a shorter shower begin which will water, water. Yeah.
1: win-win Ooh, yeah. wow. well done well played <laughs> it all comes together how about you yeah. how about you gary
2: well i think it's not surprising a water theme i think you know you know meditating in the morning i like to do that but then i also you know meditate on on the water right so i would say you know even after your meditation mm-hmm. just you know taking a pause that that day when you take that first drink of water, turn the tap on just to recognize what a miracle that is. And we, because it literally is a miracle when we help these women who literally overnight go from maybe walking hours each day to that tap gets installed at their house the next morning and they turn it on. And it is a miracle for them. I've seen women in India who built altars and let, let incense around the water faucet and put flowers around it almost like it's a shrine because that that reflection on what for us is so mundane and for them is literally Mm. a whole new lease on life and i think the you know a little calling to mind each day what the miracle is that that faucet is there for us
1: Well, that is a beautiful, transcendent idea to end on. We should feel so grateful every time we turn on our water and get that safe water and to try to make it available to everyone. So thanks so much, Gary and Matt. We're so glad we got the chance to talk to you. Thanks
0: Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we had a photo hack this week. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a photo demerit. But first, this break.
1: LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive, Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn
0: is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert
1: Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Okay, Gretchen, we are back with demerits and gold stars, and this week you are up for a demerit.
1: Yes. As you said, speaking of photographs, this is a photo related one. We recently went on spring break to Mexico and I just didn't take enough photographs. I mean, Mm. and I told myself that I would and I took some, but I didn't take enough and I didn't take enough of a variety. And I asked Eliza and Eleanor to send photographs. But the problem with Eliza and Eleanor is they will take a hundred photographs of themselves doing one thing so that they can right. absolutely pick the the most flattering one. But it's like that's only one photo for me because yeah. I'm not interested in every iteration of this or that. Now I'm like, oh I I wish I had taken a picture of this situation or why didn't you know I often am in the moment I'm like, I want to enjoy the moment. I don't want to bother to pick up yes. my phone. But I think that often it really wouldn't have taken away. And research shows that it really does not take away from someone's experience if they take a photo. Often it can kind of deepen their appreciation of a moment. Like we went on this hike. I could have just snapped a quick photo to just set the scene. Mm. And because I worry that later I won't remember it. I use photo albums as a way to prompt memories. I'm always worried about like not remembering my own life. So photographs play that really important role for me as kind of triggering... I remember that hike, and so I feel like it would make me happier if I had a more complete set of photographs.
0: It's funny, Gretchen, because I actually noticed you weren't sending as many vacation photos as usual. So, yeah, I, it's funny I did track that. Oh, that's interesting. Should have said, Gretchen, send yeah. photos, and then you would have <laughs> taken more photos.
1: That's right. That's right. Okay, but I'll do better next time. Demerit, benefit. Elizabeth, um, what is your gold star?
0: Okay, Gretchen, I am giving a gold star to myself and to Adam Yay. because Good. we went to our first dog training class Yay. last week. So we have, Adam did do another session with a dog trainer, but this is a class, it's like six weeks, we go to the pet supply store where they have the class. And we take the dog, and there's other people in the class, which is good because you know it'll help the dogs learn how to deal with other dogs. Yeah. So I must say we're quite intimidated by the whole thing, but I am proud of ourselves for finally taking the leap and doing it. So I will report back about how it goes. It'll be fun.
1: Well, one of the things that I learned from dog training is the do- the training is for the people. The dogs are never the right. Issue. Exactly. The people.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I should say Adam and I are going, I should say Daisy and Nacho are taking Adam and me to dog training class, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. not the other way around. Yeah. Excellent. I can't wait to hear about the adventures. Yes. The resources for this week, as I mentioned, it's the 16th anniversary of my blog. So if you want to sign up to get those posts by email, another way that you can get to it is by happiercast.com slash blog updates. That's easier to remember. Or of course, I'll put the links in the show notes. Also, um, it's spring cleaning time for a lot of people. And if clutter clearing is on your to-do list, I am doing a dust clearing bingo on Fridays. You can use bingo cards to gamify this task to make it more fun. So if you go to Twitter or Instagram, I'm at at Gretchen Rubin. You can play along and gold stars if you join me in this clutter clearing (laughs) endeavor. Um, And Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading?
0: I am still listening to Eric Schwartzel's book, The Red Carpet. How about you?
1: Well, I have to say that I just stopped reading something. That's one of my reading things, is that if I don't like a book, I can stop reading it. It's a book that many people have enjoyed. It's quite popular. It's not for me. I'm stopping reading it. But as a writer, I will never publicly disagree. Like, you know, I don't want to say anything about somebody else's book. So I'm not going to say the title, but now I have now I can pick up a book that I'm excited about. So now I just have to pick what I'm going to read next. Yay. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Observe a complaint free month. Let us know if you're joining us and how it's working for you.
0: Thank you to our terrific guests, Matt Damon and Gary White. Read their book, The Worth of Water. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth
1: Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, it's a huge help to our show if you will rate, review, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So, Elizabeth, how bonkers was it to talk to Matt Damon?
0: (laughs) I know. And, of course, he was so
1: nice. He was so charming. I would have expected nothing else. But it, it is always nice, though, to see that somebody lives up to their reputation. Yes. From the Onward Project...